my children. Welcome to the Church of Pantan podcast, the premier Battle Spirit Saga talk show, available on all your favorite podcast platforms. May the cores be our savior. Atmosphere, you're ahead of service, and joined with me are my apostles, John and Cosmic. John, you're looking a little crispy today. How are we doing? <laughs> doing great. Yeah, you know, since we're doing some uh, streaming this weekend for the Atlanta Grand Open, I decided to uh, maybe upgrade the old devices here. So, True. you know, it was time and... So we just did it. Yeah, I hadn't even I forgot that since it's all remote stuff, it actually kind of makes sense there to to kind of upgrade your setup. Well, it's looking very crispy. You're sounding very crispy. Uh, glad to have you on for another week. Uh, yeah. Oz, how, how are we doing? I'm doing good. There's a lot of hype Bondi related news coming out across all their games. Obviously, you know, Fusion World starting to kick up. We got some good spoilers there, too, which, you know, I'm excited about. You're obviously even more excited about than I am. Um, and then hopefully soon. I mean, we've got some promos that we're going to be talking about here in a little bit, but Sounds like there should be more good news around the corner for spoilers and upcoming stuff for Battle Spirit. So fingers crossed that that's going to be soon. But I know a lot of things are looking forward to uh, Worlds will be a lot of big announcements, too. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. We got the promo. So we'll be talking about those a little bit towards the tail end of the show. Um, but, you know, I think it's we're ramping up. We're in December. You know, we're closing in Atlanta where most of our talk today will be focused around, you know, Atlanta this weekend. Uh, pro tour the weekend after that and then we kind of got christmas everyone's gonna chill out there and then we got the couple of weeks leading up to benefits which i have to assume you know we know so little <laughs> that i have to imagine that like <laughs> the next couple of weeks in december are going to be insane in terms of announcements maybe early up into january and then that's on top of the fact that we probably have announcements at bandai fest so fingers crossed that this is going to lead to a very exciting next couple of weeks because uh it's been a bit of a lull you know we're in between tournaments as far as battle spirits goes a lot of the other games are kind of capping off to their end of season as they lead on towards nationals and then their worlds eventually um at the start of next year so just you know where's everything lining up we're not totally sure but uh hopefully that means that we're going to be picking up some news um but with that said uh grand open atlanta coming up uh myself and cause are actually gonna be playing so i'm very excited to see cosplay at another tournament i love seeing my boy uh, over there and then john you're going to be casting um so yep. this is with ppg right if i if i remember correctly yep it's with ppg yeah mm, yeah so uh I, this you've probably casted in other games before right yeah i i have some experience uh mostly with dragon ball so mm. uh for the the arg events i casted a handful of the dragon ball ones uh I don't know, what was that, five, six years ago at this point? Five years ago, ago? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it has been a while, but I do have some experience, and I'm looking forward to jumping in with Battle Spirits and, uh, you know, seeing how that goes. So, you know, as some people could guess probably, my, my strengths with casting is actual, like, gameplay. Um, mm -hmm. as, far, as far as, like, color commentary and whatnot, I'm glad I have a co-caster because, uh, you know, that should keep things going. But as for actual gameplay goes, I think I can pretty much cast on that pretty well. We're gonna So we'll see it see how it goes. Are we are you gonna give us a TD special that Valentino and Alex had to do? Or are you gonna keep it a little bit more low ground, a little bit more? <laughs> oh no, it'll be low <laughs> to the ground. You know, yeah. You know, Alex and Ryan, they uh they have their own methods and uh you know, I'm sure it's entertaining the sum, but for a grand open, you know, I right. think George might probably fly to my house and kill me if i do anything right 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 well i'm very excited to see you on i think uh, very deserving of uh, getting uh, that kind of gameplay oriented uh position there and then i guess you had shifted co-cast right i think at one point it was supposed to be it name? was josh at first jo yeah, yeah josh yeah yeah and, and then now it's emiliano emiliano yeah okay 
which both are yeah. great. So I'm glad we are getting to see some of that other, you know, a lot of it's been all North American focus for, mm. for obvious reasons, North American grand opens, time zones, all that good stuff. But yeah, you know, had the pleasure of meeting them both. Uh, all, all of us did right at, at the uh, last pro tour and, and great people. So really looking forward to seeing, you know, obviously I'll be playing, but looking forward to seeing how that stream turns out. Yeah. Well, I, I think Emiliano, yeah, he, he wasn't at the last pro tour actually. Um, he said he had to go to a wedding. So he was at the grand um, open. I'm, or the grand open, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's I've not actually. It was your two weeks. I don't right. know what happened. <laughs> I, I've never met him personally. I had a call with him earlier oh, this week right. to go over things. So you know, we've touched base and we we've talked previously, but uh, you know, this so guy we, has a real job and a family couldn't just take off two <laughs> weeks in Europe. Come right. on, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 pretty confident that we'll be able to do pretty well and you know casting and. Keeping things interesting, picking good feature matches. Yeah. Show people what they want. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think it should be exciting. I think the fact that like you guys are a little bit more integrated also um, provides opportunity for there to be um, maybe a little bit more selective. Nothing to take away from the other teams naturally. Right. Um, but mm -hmm. when you integrate, like let's say the, uh, not to toot our own horns naturally, right? But round one of the Pro Tour probably should have been me and Kaz over on the stream, right? Just as like, you know, the, the, the flavor there, get things kicked off. And then there's opportunities for like uh, Alex who got paired up against XYZ or, X, you know, just those kinds of situations that prop up in tournaments that are very exciting for people to want to watch if you're in the know for those kinds of things. And I think you guys provide that insight that'll provide a little bit more opportunity on that front. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've said in the past that my biggest complaint with feature matches is that usually they just grab table one or two yeah. and carry them over. But, you know, having the option to pick you know, maybe deck someone wants to see or certain players. It's just easier to be able to do that if you know the players. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But, uh, and I think it'll be good uh, exposure for Emiliano because, yeah, he he actually needs to come to Port. I think he's coming to Portland. Um, he is, yeah. Because he needs the invite to be able to go to Worlds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's top eighted or top 16, basically every event he's played in. He just hasn't been able to play in a pro tour due mm. to either a vacation or the last one was a wedding. <laughs> so he was saying that, yeah, he's, you know, he's gone to Portland. He's excited for it. And he's a little stressed about getting his invite, but I think that pretty much if you go to Portland, you, you should, should be probably fine. get a world's invite because so. odds are half the people are even in that room, probably got their invite already anyways, you know, probably. Yeah. So like, like Tachi's thing about going stills and he's a pass down if he does go. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, so very exciting. Love to see uh, them kind of spread their wings in terms of casting one, reach out to some international guys. I think that's great. I think that's a good exposure to get them pulled in, especially, you know, one of the Nexus guys, I think they've been pushing through really well on their podcast there. So getting them some exposure on that front as well earned. Um, and then on your front, just trying to spread out the wings of those who might be a little bit more competitively tuned in is definitely going to give us a new flavor. And I'm excited to see how kind of, uh, that that comes together, especially as someone on the plane side. But then I guess on the other card of the token, um, tournament's coming up. It's been the first gap we've had since the release of the set, um, which has given people kind of an ability to kind of chill out, think about things through, play. Like I've been testing nonstop with the boys. Um, and oddly enough, I have to say, I don't think... Here's the thing. The only deck I f I'm finding really solid is red, and I don't want to play red. <laughs> um, it, it is it is odd how... And, like, I still feel it's like, yeah, um, there's white that can do okay if you can kind of, like, play Swiss really well, and then, you know, shoe shoutouts. Um, 
for the players who did well over in Liverpool with white. And then like yellow, if you can fade your red matchups is really annoying into everything. Like I'm playing Gale and then they're just like Genbooing me. And oh my God, Genbu is such a crazy card. So it's, I don't know what to play. And I guess to shift it over to cause, since you are also playing, this is going to be your last event before potentially worlds. Um, since you are casting the proton, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Do you have any idea what you want to do? <laughs> well, so it, it kind of just leads right into it that um, going back to the launch event, for those that know, yellow is my second favorite color at the launch event. It was the, just the deck I want to play. I told everyone, don't play it. It's going to be a red heavy meta. And obviously, I, I think I played red five of that eight rounds. Was it? it was eight or seven? I forget. But it was like I played red five rounds. It was not a great time. Um, and because this is going to be the last event of the year and because it's like I want to start and end it the same way, um, obviously, I will be casting the Pro Tour 3. So I don't get to play in that. Worlds is around the corner. Nobody knows what's going on with that yet. Again, hopefully more news soon. I'm probably just going to play yellow. It's that time where I finally get to just get to play my second favorite color. It's obviously very good right now. I actually do like the luster side a little bit more. Um, and that's probably just because like my wife, or I guess she's cut off there. But my wife, who's like right up there at the SPR, signed by Mike Elliott, um, that it's just it's always had a soft spot in my heart. And it's I just always love like the luster top. End. And flagellum is insane. Absolutely disgustingly insane right now. Like I know Genbu gets all love for the very obvious reasons, but man, Mwah, I love you, Flagellum. That's a hell of a card. So, yeah, all signs point to either I'm going to meme on myself and do a 2 a.m. switch to blue because I have an actual blue deck that I like playing, but it's like a very solid it's tier two. Like, yeah, it is a Coliseum. It's, <laughs> I, honestly, I think now that I've played a bit more and because I've identified certain packages in blue, I'm pretty confident in saying Coliseum Golem is actually the best blue deck, which is probably a super hot take, Whoa. but... I think it actually is. And I have a super spicy list that I, I really want to play, but I know I'm going to be kicking myself if it's like the one tournament, the last tournament of the year that I finally get to play yellow, and I don't. So if I swap at 2 a.m., this is me on recording, on All record. Right. I did it to myself. All right, look, you have you have nothing to lose. You're not playing in the Pro Tour. You don't know anything about World yet. Like... <laughs> Just just play the Coliseum Golem deck. Yeah, that's because John, want... want John wants to yeah. put you on stream round one. He's like, I want to see Coliseum on stream. <laughs> just just have the most fun that you possibly can is uh you know my my best advice. But you know, it's kind of funny for me, uh, since I I'm not playing and people know that I'm not playing now. Um, I'm getting like multiple DMs every day. People like, hey, what, what do you think of my deck? Or what should I play? And I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna out anybody, of course, but you know, I I really haven't seen anything yet that's really like different. So yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of the same old stuff, maybe with a couple different cards different. So for someone, certain someone to bring a Coliseum Golem deck, uh, I don't know. They might find themselves some some stream games. <laughs> I, I do have on good authority that someone is playing a golem deck for the pro tour Whoa. and they are a good player. So I'm not going to out them, but I'm like, please let it be spicy. Please let us be like, <laughs> the same wavelength. So I will be doing the same yeah. thing. We're like, I know who it is. I'm going to be, you bet your ass. I'm going to put them on round one and be like, all right, here we go. Did he mm. bring it? And then I'll find a figure out real quick. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard of some pretty spicy decks for, uh, you know, worlds coming up and you know even the pro tour so you know i'm i'm excited to see what actually happens maybe these people will just you know kind of flake and play red or yellow right. or whatever but i have heard of some rumblings of some pretty cool decks so that's that's exciting at least i think if you're going to 
Here's the thing, though. The, the reality is, is, like, if it's, like, actually super viable, maybe there's a world in which you do actually keep your tech for the Pro Tour, and that'll probably be something to touch upon right after this. But um, I think if there was a tournament to have fun with, it's probably Atlanta. It is so low cost. Yeah. Like, flights are nothing. Stay if you can room with someone is, like, almost nothing. Don't yep. park, because parking is $60 a day for some reason. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, like, in general, I think if there was a tournament... That was like low stakes enough. Like, look, Pasadena, like 80th place or whatever, got their pass down invite. If you need your invite, you can have fun at this tournament and still have your invite. So, yeah, you know, the the only other thing to consider is that uh, currently we know due to Discord that there's about 100 players at the moment. So, you know, if we assume that there's another 15 or so last minutes, maybe we get to around 115, 120. You know, if you play a meme deck or a fun deck, you are at risk of not finishing in the money, which does true. suck. Yeah. But but still, I mean, you know, maybe if you don't care about that, you know, like you said, it was cheap to get there, cheap to play. Needed your invite. Who cares? You yeah. Know? So, so which which obviously yeah. is tough to say. Like, there's a money part involved, but my flight yeah. to Portland costs more than this entire Atlanta trip is going to cost yeah. me. That's uh, <laughs> just a, really quick for those that want to put it in perspective. For those, those of us yeah. like, that that okay. played so much, that played so much in, into me kind of not playing this season. Is that you know, a everything was so condensed, it was already hard. But b like my flight to Portland would have been like six hundred dollars, yep. and I'm like that is absurd, and it's just it wasn't worth it. So you know this this casting chance came up and a few other things fell into place. And I'm like, screw it. We're just skipping the season and we'll just start, you know, testing for worlds. Getting ready for worlds. Yeah. Yeah. So to that ballpark, I guess it kind of jumps into like our expectations for Atlanta. Um, and I guess before we start off, it's just like, do we expect kind of the same, same of the difference, right? Has it has the three weeks buffer between the like supercharged three weeks of nonstop events. Um, has that kind of like eased us in into thinking where I've settled? I think red is best deck. I think it is unquestioned. Like I, every opening hand feels amazing. Um, the the removal available for that deck is awesome. Like you still run into the troubles where like maybe you can't deal with the like a fang and a stabilized board, but it is so hard for green to consistently do that against red. Like I've been in I've been in positions where it's like it's play fang and like yeah I've got fang now and they can't kill it, but like I'm just about to die, you know, because they've been able to apply so much pressure and stuff like that. So it's I I, I think the meta is a lot of the same. I still think it's a bit of a Swiss roulette in terms of like, Hey, like you could maybe fade your matchup and yellow can still do great things. Um, green, if you run hot and you know, can probably do pretty well. Um, but it, it definitely, I've definitely settled on that. Like red just feels the best. It just, it plays the smoothest. Uh, we did the test of like opening, you know, draw your deck four cards. Is this an opening hand? Yeah. Okay. Draw the next four cards. This is an opening hand. Um, so I did that with the boys and, uh, there was one hand we didn't keep. <laughs> yeah i mean has has red ever not been the best deck i mean it, like i feel like in every meta red is, is always the best deck or at least like the best choice and it's just uh you know and it's because of the reason that you you just said it's so consistent you never have a hand where you're like oh this hand's unplayable and you know all the cards are good and it's just uh it's always the best like answer deck for lack game, of a better word you have game against everything like exactly like, like there's no game i go into playing as red i'm like well this sucks right whereas like if i'm playing white and then my opponent's yellow i'm like i just lose <laughs> right or it's like gale it's like such an uphill battle like you can get there yeah but like gale and, doesn't it, have good answers to get booze right so like, and you know pr previously 
you know, white was able to counter red to an extent, but you know, there, there's no like counter decks to red. Mm. Uh, the one that from, from Liverpool, I think, uh, C from a uh, discord played white mm-hmm. and, you know, they, um, you know, did pretty well with it and beat red pretty well with it. And I think that if you do want to play a deck in Atlanta to counter red, which I think is going to be the, the perceived metagame, then I guess you just play that deck, right? Yeah. I mean, it does well against it, uh, right? It's just, I think you just accept it. You kind of like there, there, there are arguments that like, Hey, that deck was running like six Nexus removal. So it's just like, yeah, they're ready for yellow, but like also sometimes yellow just doesn't care because it's like Genbu kills you. Um, so who cares if you're preventing yeah. them from drawing a million cards? So it's, 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 I, th- I think at this point, it's just pick the deck you're most comfortable with. Um, and right. just kind of hope that your Swiss works out well for you. I think it's kind of yeah, what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a paper, rock, scissors format still, but red is like a Swiss army knife where mm-hmm. like, it just, you know, it's, it's paper, rock and scissors just at any various time. Yeah. So we covered a bit on a champion's corner episode, but it just goes back to the idea that red has the draw power. So again, goes to that consistency point. And then it is always just the, I'm going to keep you honest sort of thing where you have so much destruction tools at the ready that it allows you, especially with the Palo Dinos now just being absolutely insane. It just gives you multiple ways to attack that are just generally good always into the format. And that's kind of just how things have always been in uh, Japanese battle spirits as well, where you just have so much destructive power and all the draw power, but it comes down to, you know, will other people just say like, you know what, I'm not as comfortable with red. I'm just going to take something else and have that like semi, what would be like a community forced meta game in that point where it's not just like, Hey, you have 80 people who are all going to like, Oh, this is the best deck. I'm going to take it. So I'm going to tell you, right. There's always that player choice uh, that plays an element. But uh, for me, I definitely agree that red still feels strong, still feels like it's up there. But um, for me, it's definitely like red, purple, yellow, and green. Like just as a general overview, blanket statement, I think all those are very solid tier one picks. All of them are definitely able to top eight can run away with it. Again, if your top eight bracket lines up the right way, white and blue, um, you know, white can get lucky if you do, but man, the Coliseum deck is just one of those, for example, just as a very solid tier two, it's one of those things I just could not recommend into a, you know, hope for the best kind of field. And yeah, lo- Atlanta is lower stakes, all things considered, but man, first place is still, uh, still a oh, lot of catch. Yeah. And this guy a wants to get some upgrades for next year. So yeah, we're going right. to try our best to, to sneak into a top eight, at least one of these events. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why you play play the uh, Coliseum Golem deck, right? Because no one knows what the heck you're doing. <laughs> like we did in, in Netherlands, there's like that is a large point of it. Like people are just like I have no clue what these cards do, or like people have to read the Coliseum Golem multiple times, and like, oh yeah, I do. You just get to untap everything. Like it's it's spicy. Yeah, that's why those K decks were so good, right? Because you have no clue what they're doing, and then yeah. all of a sudden they play these cards, and your opponent's like, oh. Yeah, I, I think you have the benefit. The benefit of those decks is that, like, sometimes you just have to, like, as a as a good player, you just respect them too much, and then you give them the time they need to put together the pieces they need, and you're like, well, it's too late now because now I know what you're doing. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird jumping into it, and I don't know where I land. I think I think the biggest thing that I've come to realize right now is that nexuses are so powerful, and that's to the detriment of those decks, because. Red is the, I think, the best color at functioning without a Nexus because the bodies are efficient, uh, the costs all line up, and it has really effective draw components that aren't specifically tied to the Nexus, right? Starbless draw is like right in engine, which means at any point in time, if your opponent tries to play some really strong things that have on summons, they're still drawing cards to be able to find more gas to do their thing, right? So it's, I think it's the fact that because red not only 
isn't as Nexus dependent as a lot of the other colors. Plus, it is the best Nexus removal color because you can actually play things on curve and still apply pressure, right? You can play a Burning Force and still actually make plays that same turn. You can play an Andromeda and then like that's actually just a body you can do things with. Plus, it gives you a reduction for all your other stuff. I think it kind of lands on the fact that Red is the Swiss Army Knife because, like you guys were saying, it has the tools to kind of deal with everything, but also because it is so inherently capable without its nexus yes volcanic makes you a little bit more consistent yes it helps your apollo but your deck is going to do just fine if that's not what it's doing right and then and then in the way it lines up it's like okay we can't really go lower the ground than red because they have a ritual fire but we can't go above ritual fire because then they're going to apollo us so it creates this very tough situation where it's kind of hard to find a place in which you can take advantage of a weakness red has because it inherently doesn't really have one you could argue it's core starving, but you're also kind of core starving in your own sense, unless you're doing very specific ramp things, and those all require one summons. And then if you don't want to do yeah. the one summon ramp stuff, then you need to rely on a nexus, which your opponent can remove, which means I need to hold Highlands in my hand, which means my opponent gets all the tempo, and eventually maybe I can come back with some fangplays, right? So it's, it, is, it is the premier color in terms of like, and, and at the end of the day, I think you still just play what you feel most comfortable with at going into the Grand Open. But like, if players are still out there and unsure about what they think, why is red probably a very solid pick if you just kind of want to run a good deck? It's because you're going to have game against everything. And it's because the way I think red just inherently lives in the ecosystem that is the way Battle Spirits plays out right now. You know, white... If the difference between Nomen Guard City and not having Nomen Guard City, pretty big deal, at least in the first three turns of the game. Um, green not have, being able to run out Highlands safely in the first couple of turns is huge. Uh, purple, you know, difference between having Smoke Valley or Swamps and then drawing afterwards or just not having it, big difference. Um, whereas Red is just like, all right, I played Dino Man, he's a 6k, go. I play Eagle Chameleon, now you can't deal damage to me unless you buff up your big dude or something like that, so... It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny uh, how that works out because it wasn't always like that, right? So Red's mm -hmm. done like a complete 180 from like set set one and two where it was like Scorched Battlefield, Volcanic Canyon, like eight to ten nexuses in your deck. And now it's like four canyons, maybe a couple sanctuaries, and like mm -hmm. you just don't care anymore. You know, because yeah. now, you know, like you said, now you're just like play Chameleon, play Dino Man, play Apollo. Okay, now what can your opponent do? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially when like <laughs> very specifically, um, I'm like in my decks, I'll switch over to here. I am considering fighting oh, no, foul man. Bishamo to fight against the Genbu decks. You have no idea how stupid I feel, including this card in my decks, because it is a six cause vanilla that can't get flooded and can actually block like a statted up Eagle. Right. Whereas like, you know what you do in red? You play Eagle. And it turns out you were already playing Eagle anyways. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's very interesting in terms of, like, what decks are doing right now. Um, but I agree with Cause. I think you could pick anything. And given a good Swiss, I think you can have a great tournament. And I yeah. think that's the biggest thing to focus on. I just love how we gave Vanilla such a hard time and now we're praying for them to oh, save us man. from oh the God. from the Genbu. Here, here's the thing, and, and maybe you can like explain this to me. In JBBS, is yellow usually tied to caring about your opponents if they have skillless text, or is it usually tied to like levels? Because I do find it weird that Genmu cares about whether it's a skillless card or not, as opposed to like what level your opponent's cards are. 
And I almost feel like he's a sub in to make people be like, yo, you know, those vanillas we've been throwing in sets for the past two sets, dude. <laughs> Shit, bro. Those no. are some pretty good cards. Like, <laughs> no, like there is uh, like dual eagle, I think, is a, a much better representation, right? Being like the level requirement. God Beast mm-hmm. was also a level requirement. So I think that is that is more yellow in general just has like unblockable a number of different ways that like right. yellow. You can't block yellow is like what I would say the overall theme is, right? Because then you even have Joker, who is just flat out, he's unblockable. Sure. So yeah. Genbu in that regard does play into the identity of yellow and like what they are known for. But this one, I think, to your point, it just is very wild that it was like, you know what? Vanillas, that's going to be the one. Like I well, would have yeah. to keep me honest, but I don't. I do not think that the, the vanilla side of it has been a condition previously. Um, well, well, guys, you know that there's one vanilla in particular that should be seen a lot more play, and it's purple. There you go. Now <laughs> that guy at level three can block eagles all day. Yeah, it can. Gambling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one eagle so, with one hand, another eagle with the other hand. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> Doing one of these. <laughs> so Good. note to all the purple players thinking about what vanilla to play. Uh, you play both hands. Yeah, and it's a Belligor target. So if they ever do kill it, oh, now we got a Belligor flock. <laughs> yeah. I don't even want to think about what the purple vanilla would be because it would have to be like some random seven drop or something. Just I like, mean, what didn't someone play Gasliger or something like that? This, yeah, like, <laughs> like, it's also a Belligor target. Like, there was another vanilla they could have played instead. But like, if we're trying to do the, oh, what do we do to dodge Floodstream side of it? Like, yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah. that next vanilla is, even off the top of my head. For purple, I don't know. Probably something that costs six, and it's like a some random shadow card or something. Yeah, ten core, five k or something <laughs> stupid. Um, so that's the biggest thing for me. I think it's uh, a lot of questions up in the air in regards to like how specifically this last grand open is going to go. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm so excited. I think it's going to be a good time. I think uh, I do wish there was a little bit more time in between Portland and Atlanta. That wasn't just back to back. Like I'm going to be flying right to Atlanta, and then I'm going to be staying with a friend in Portland. Just going straight because it makes more sense than going back to Vancouver to go back down to Portland to go back. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm going to be lining up. But either way, I think it should be a very exciting event. Um, I think the meta is open enough that like, yeah, I think that, you know, like we're saying, like I'm saying, red kind of still very stands out in terms of a deck when you play, you're just like, this feels good. Um, but like, I've got, you know, I get good hands with Gale. I'm like, all right, this rocks. Like yellow is just like, if I can just stick again, boo, if I can just stick whatever. So I think it's very much pick your favorite color, pick your favorite strategy. You yeah. know. Maybe not blue, but we'll see if you can break yeah. Coliseum. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned gone, you know, straight to Portland. I think now that you mentioned that, it kind of reminds me. I think there's a couple Euro- European players, or maybe Australian, yep. that are coming to Atlanta and then mm-hmm. flying to Portland. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Way, uh, yeah. the winner of the last uh, mm-hmm. Australian Grand Open, he's coming to uh, to Atlanta, and then which it probably makes sense because oddly enough, even though it's further for them. Because Atlanta is an international hub, it's actually probably cheaper to fly into Atlanta. <laughs> probably, yeah. No, so, it, it definitely is, yeah. Is he a sub in the world, baby? Which I was shocked. I did not know. <laughs> um, yep. So I guess before we kind of jump right into the Pro Tour and then pivot there, there is a conversation to be had about setting up the Pro Tour, right? And I guess to that sense, is like, are you the type of player who's just going to play your deck at Atlanta and be like, all right, now I'm shipping that to Portland and see how that does. Um, or, you know, do you keep your deck down low, keep it secret or play something um, to maybe position yourself to be in a better position going into the pro tour? 
Um, which I think is an interesting conversation. I think there's a good notable amount of players, right? Like a, a bunch of the TD guys are going to be going to Atlanta, of course, because it's an East Coast event. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be showing up to Atlanta because it is a very accessible event. Um, and this is probably arguably the easiest way to go from not having an invite, never play Battle Spirits to first grand open, probably guaranteed invite, go to Portland, most likely get my invite there, go to Worlds, right? I think it's a pretty nice light, nice line there to get you into Worlds, which is like a huge cash prize tournament. So to that end, how much justification yeah. do we put into setting up for the Pro Tour, right? Well, I mean, that's a pretty interesting topic. I mean, I, I know for sure, I mean, you know, my own team, as, as an example, uh, the deck they're playing in Atlanta, I know is not the one they're playing in Worlds. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. like at least one group for sure. And I think it's for the reason that we kind of already touched on is that, you know, you don't necessarily want to show your hand you know, right before the third biggest event of the year right yeah. so you know it's a week away so i i think you'll probably see a lot of teams that do that probably aren't going to bring their number one deck um you know they're i, I could see either way i mean seven thousand dollars is a lot of money right yeah. so you know you do still want to play a very good deck but i think that you can just play red and when the when the event rather than play maybe like your deck that beats red you mm-hmm. know you'll save that for the pro tour so yeah that's my take on it you know i i think we'll see a lot of people kind of holding back but I yeah I, I think there's there's benefit to saying like hey if everyone's holding back maybe i just take the sauce i win seven thousand dollars and like ev spread wise across the tournaments that's probably good enough right. like, I don't, you know i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so or um, maybe you just play Coliseum Golem. So maybe you just play Coliseum Golem. <laughs> um, so I guess to pivot over to a cause, you know, shifting from uh, play to casting, you're actually going to be casting the Pro Tour uh, the week after. Um, and this is in person again, right? If I remember correctly, we're going to be seeing yep. you on site. I will be on site once again because I was lucky enough to cast the first Pro Tour. So I will be getting to close out the year with the third and final Pro Tour, um, which I'm really excited for because, again, those flights were looking absolutely absurd. um, And I still want to go and see everybody. So this is kind of like just the perfect opportunity to go over there. And, of course, I love talking about the game. So and uh, people were happy with it the first time I was on there. So figured why not run it back um, and do another cast of the pro tour. So again, really excited just to see, you know, we, we, as we just talked about, like are some people going to hold some stuff back in Atlanta? Cause right. I get to play in the event and then see what the field looks like, like be on the floor, know what the meta was like. And then a week later, we're in the pro tour and it could be something completely different. Like there's, there's no way to know until we get there. So I'm really interested to be able to, hopefully see some spice on camera because at the end of the day we went from axe spider format at the first pro tour that to this which is a billion times better so no matter what i at least know that casting the games will be far more enjoyable than they were for pro tour one so i'll take the i'll take the win there for sure how many axe spider matchups did you end up casting at the first pro tour (laughs) it was it was most rounds, if I remember from watching the VOD. I mean, I know, That's all I remember. Like, yeah, like I know, let's see, Valentino and, and Edmasu wasn't one. There was like maybe one other round that wasn't an Axe Spider match. Right, it, yeah. The other five or six rounds, plus all the top eight, it was all, mm-hmm. you know, right, X, right. X versus Axe Spider. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does lend itself to a little bit more exciting in terms of coverage. Um, And actually, you're going to be doing with the Magic Arcanum guys. 
Yes. So they're actually there, they're, which huge shout out to them, actually. They, they're they like, I see them randomly in comment sections of Battle Spirits videos. I'm like, y'all are still here. Like, I love yeah. that. I, I think I think they legitimately really appreciate the game. I've seen them at Grand Opens. Um, so, so this is definitely a uh, talent hire, I think, on, on uh, Bandai's side for this Pro Tour. But I think it's a very justified and well-picked one uh, in terms of people who have actually been been keeping their eyes on the game and that's been uh, i think that's been a very welcome pick and uh, as far as i see things i think it's uh should lend itself to a good show it's, but they know like so much lore also so which yes. would be a good benefit to it yeah they're very deep in the lore which is i'm kind of excited to see um obviously like no spoilers or whatnot but like we did with the for- first pro tour i'm sure that bondi will have something spicy for us and i again i literally just don't know at this point i nor could i say anything if i did but i'm hoping we do get to see some other type of lore update because we are going into a major lore uh, section with set four with obviously like nova's revival we have the four sages like i'm very excited to see where this is going so um hopefully We'll have something interesting to look forward to. Make sure you tune into the Pro Tour, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, really, again, really excited to have someone else that's like equally excited about the lore, has read the lore book, is, you know, very, again, keeps up with the game. I, I think that's a big thing, too. Like Ryan has messaged me a few times, just like thoughts on the game or has questions about it. So um, and, you know, hey, casual plug in. I would like a lore set for year two at some point. Uh, we'll see if we get that or not. But yeah, very excited for this. One. It's, I think it's a good going to be a good show all around. Yeah, I I don't touch on like I love the lore set. I think it was a fantastic product. I think unfortunately they kind of shoehorn themselves with like the way to design the cards to be very work with each other. Unfortunately, and that kind of like flopped because the, the deck's just unplayable. But I I I think the lore set was a slam dunk product wise, and I would not be upset to see that make a return or a very similar product make a return next year for sure um yeah i'm i'm a big fan of like side products in between mm-hmm. sets i mean i think they add a lot to the game uh i think they lend like very good opportunities to like introduce more powerful cards in a way that you know isn't part of a large set um so i kind of wish that they would do more of it i know we only got the lore set for year one but i hope for year two there's maybe one or two of those kind of sprinkled in and like i know that the tp cards kind of add that as well but having a full set that's kind of built into the lore and into the game mm-hmm. just kind of you know makes more sense yeah, yeah that in particular what i really want to see is have the tp cards go down to just one card per color and shove those into another product with again yeah. make it special fully make it whatever it is um because i think too with what we know about set four um accessibility is going to be a major issue um come february which is gonna be a fun topic when that finally hits but if you look at even like volume three tournament promos like they don't exist or they're very hard to get like the 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 difference we've had from like set one tp set two tp to oh god set three tp is basically out to nobody's gonna have set four if we run to another axe spider issue that's gonna be rough and then of course with having 12 different promos to get it's just too many like you don't get enough cards to support a local that everyone can get those 12 cards too so like that's my other big hope that I'm not going to go on too much of a rant about, but Bondi, please, six cards should be like the standard going forward. Still do your winner stuff you want, fine. Um, but make those other products, if we want to have something that's going to give a little bit more life to the meta, just make it in a standalone product that people can easily pre-order and have access to, you know, be it the lore set or be it like the premium packs they do for like Dragon Ball and Digimon and all the other games where it's like, mm. hey, here's two packs and two promos of whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not to get off topic but you mentioned this release in february for set four or maybe it's early march i don't know but 
February. Right around, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. There, there you go. So right at that time, I, I think in like a two week window, it's like BSS 04, Star Wars Unlimited. Uh, I think there's a new Lorcana set. I think there's uh, what else is coming out around that time? Fusion World. <laughs> yeah, Fusion World. So there, there's like four or five huge releases uh, within a few weeks. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a great time for gamers. But I think, uh, you know, Battle Spirits are going to have to s- step up their game to, uh, you know, get people to keep on trucking. Yeah, yeah. I really hope even Galleon cards are going to be. Yeah, they'll be all awesome. I, I think yeah. the, I think Bandai very correctly made the right move with making a recall on set four and jamming yeah. those Evangelion promos in the way that they did. Cause I do think going into that kind of an ecosystem, I mean, I see you talking about all the time cause, especially with like your most recent update video, which you guys should watch. It's a good video. If you're interested about cosmics content um, that covers like the stuff that we're getting next year. And like, if we thought this year was like absurd for card games, which it kind of was now that like Arcana is in full swing, um, you know, now that we're getting a couple more releases with the, you know, the star Wars stuff and stuff like that, it is, nuts how much is going into early next year in the tcg space and it's going to be a bloodbath for a lot of different games so yeah um i think this move was absolutely necessary and hopefully it pays off because like it's gonna be tough <laughs> i i i 100 agree you know i i think that it's going to work out um you know at least in the short term mm. uh set four will hopefully sell well the product that is out there um I, I think the Evangelion stuff should bring some people to the game. Uh, we'll just have to see if they can carry that through the rest of the year. But it's it's off to a good start with that, at least. Yeah. yeah. For those keeping count, it's seven new card games that will drop so far in 2024. And I don't yeah. think we've had, in the 10 years that I've been doing it, I don't think we've had seven card games drop in a year, let alone the like 17 that are out right now or whatever it was. I had a Twitter on this yeah. about... Yeah. It's like like big games though right yeah. i mean it's not just like random games no not one's kickstarter ever heard of. random like, shit no yeah like this is like six seven like legit games coming out so yeah from like big you know, publishers you know fan yeah. games. say what you will about them they're a real player in the space like you know um yeah bushi there's bushi, uh, yeah because we got yeah, another bushi something coming right yep. buddy fight 2.0 yep. who knows <laughs> oh are they doing it in december no, they're doing it. In, it's, rumor has it early January. It just okay, says yeah. January, though. Sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like we'll the, just like the winter release of the yeah. beta for Fusion World. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, to, to bring it back to the loop on products, this Pro Tour is going to be the format for Worlds, right? And I think yeah. I think it would have been fun to have a shakeup. I don't know that there's enough in this format that by the time the Pro Tour rolls in, there might be a deck. I think there's enough funky stuff between like cable shit you can do that. Like maybe there's something in there that kind of brings it together. Um, and there's a couple of really neat undiscovered cards that people like haven't really played with and how good they are. I don't know. Like the six drop armor dragon that like that card's cool. Um, you know, so that we've been messing with that and it doesn't do much, but Hey, it's something to try. So um, I think, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed set to or the second pro tour when we only had the lore set as like you know new cards mm-hmm. to shake things up like that was enjoyable i think yep. that they should do that more often yeah um, 
So sorry, just, I, mean, just, I didn't mean to, you know, cut no, you off, I agree. It's just that, like, I don't need a full shakeup, just that little bit to make me exactly. question yeah. my builds a little bit, right? Like, I don't yep. need like a full booster set before the Pro Tour or the Worlds or whatever. But like, if we had like another lore set where it had like three, four really impactful cards that made me reconsider builds, I think it's a, enough refreshing of um, yeah. of that. And I think, and and it actually kind of goes back to the conversation we had way at the beginning with launch, John, where like you're a big proponent of like draft at pro tours right like i and, and why it keeps things fresh right like you just like it's a new format it keeps things interesting it's I, there, it's a whole conversation around it but it just shows to show that like magic values that a lot and it just because it is so important for it to be like this thing that people are excited to see and kind of keep things motivated and it, it tests players in different ways yeah and, no i I've, yeah. I've played uh so magic World, World of Warcraft card game and Versus system card game. All three of those I've played at the Pro Tour level, and they all do or did multi-format, you know, for their Pro Tour, where they mm -hmm. would do, like, day one, four rounds of Constructed, three rounds of Draft. Day two, like, three rounds of Draft, four rounds of, you know, Constructed. Like, there, it keeps, keeps things fresh, and I think that it's the best test of skill where you mm -hmm. know you kind of see who's good all around and to me that always made the most sense that's kind of what i grew up in right the very first event i played and you know was a magic pro tour and that's how it was so that's kind of what i got used to but it it just it always felt right to me it was fun you know i i know that's a hot button because not everyone <laughs> loves draft and you, you know limited play but like it is uh, like inarguably the best test of skill so mm -hmm. you know i think that's i i wish other games did that but you know not Shout all games are built for draft, so they do it as well yeah 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 that was a dice on my bad bike what you dice i've been jumping <laughs> with them in my hand um but i agree and I, I think it just goes to the notion of keeping things fresh also which i think is pretty important but i wouldn't be shocked if they reevaluated, you know the entire organized play structure for next year so um um i think it makes more sense to have the Pro Tour on the release of a set. Like, I think Magic does it two or three weeks after the release. I think that keeps things, or maybe a month, right? But it's just that if you do it on the earlier end, it, it keeps that freshness and exciting because, you know, we're not in other situations where like Pro Tour 1 or Pro Tour 2 where we're thinking about the new set, but we're, you know, stuck playing the set that we've just been playing for three months. So I, th I think there's a couple of tweaks that we can do in regards to how we tie in organized play to the release of product that'll keep things a little bit more exciting um, in the future. But, you know, uh, we didn't end up talking about this uh, the last show we were here a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I just want to make sure that we touch upon them since we're talking about these things in general. But these promos for Pro Tour 3 look hot. <laughs> like they are they are so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, who, who cares about her? Right. right? Let's, show, <laughs> let's show the real card. Mr. Coliseum Golem. All right, man. He looks great. He, he looks cool. It looks super cool. Like Love I think, that, dude. <laughs> I think all of these cards look super, super sick. So you know, shout out. Like, it is funny how hard, well, well deserved, mind you. We harped on like old school art that the Bandai team will pull up, but like when they actually go out and like hire their artists to make yep. some new cards, like I think these are easily the best looking Pro Tour cards or just cards in general. It's not like the only shame is that these aren't full art. 
<laughs> that's the only thing we're missing here but i think these cards yeah. are absolutely gorgeous and the fact that set three is so much more playable like i want this one i want this one i want one of these for very personal reasons i want this one I want, <laughs> you know, like, like just, they look incredible and i'm it, it, it these i am hyper excited to get my hands on for sure and it makes me kind of excited for what we're gonna get for worlds yeah, no, I mean, I I was really excited to get the Pro Tour 2 ones because, uh, you know, they ended up being more playable now than they were previously. Yeah. Plus, the art's awesome. Uh, the Pro Tour 1 ones, like, I don't even really care about that much now. But, like, the last two batches of these promos have just been just incredible. Like, mm. the best art that we've had not close until about one hour ago as of this, <laughs> this recording when uh we got a sneak peek at the world's um promos or at least we assume the world's promos they say prize cards they but, say prize so does that mean yeah, like top x makes, who knows yeah, yeah. Um, more info to come but they look incredible mm -hmm. yeah so we will take a peep at that but first we'll take a quick transition over to do what's that card arts now have you guys spruced up on your card names? <laughs> I have absolutely not. I'll be uh, honest. Man. <laughs> nope. Um, so uh, I am playing a little Mercy on guys. I did tell them ahead of time that uh, I had considered taking some of the Cthulhu-oriented cards. Um, what are What's their family type again? I forget. They're... Um, Cthulhu. Well, I'll say Abomination, know. but I don't... That's they are not Abominations. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, they are Abominations, I think. Isn't yeah. it... Um, trying to think of the other word that sounds similar, but no, I... I think it's the other word yeah so i, th I, th I think you're oh, right with oh aberration aberrations yeah, maybe. thank you yeah, yeah. so that those are like unpronounceable names so i'm not gonna be that terrible um this Wait, time like gyloreck is a totally pronounceable name yeah what you yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally a real word the fact that you even got that correct because that was the one i was going to choose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but no for any of our viewers here and actually this time around i realized we have some audio listeners um so um i'll go ahead and describe the card um as our uh, guys here are looking at it and guessing uh, and then they have to look at card art and get the full card name we love here in tcg land to do our own card names for cards but this time uh, the designers uh, get their fair share as they get a peep so gentlemen are you ready for this week's card art as ready yep. as i'll ever be yeah that's a mood isn't it all right here we <laughs> go um so it is a oh, massive coliseum like golem looking thing but it is purple it is holding a massive shield and a jousting sword got this massive purple core in the middle of its body um in terms of its abilities it is the one that when destroyed you select one of your opponent's spirits remove seven of its cores and place them in their reserve and then during either end step if one or more of your spirits have been destroyed this turn draw two cards at the start of the step uh, this so, is a card that players have tried to fiddle with at the beginning of what set two release, I think. Yep. Um, and yeah. it saw some fringe play, but not a ton of play, and it didn't really stick around. I'll say, I gotta like ask, a, now, did you yeah. know what the card does? Because I know it because yeah. it's my boy, yeah. Nemesis, but do you, did you know yeah. the effects? I, I knew what it did. It was like a one of and purple decks at, yep. at the start of set three. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's been played on me and locals a few times. Uh, but you're first this week. Uh, I'm I'm going to use you as a no because I no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I do not know the full name though, and which feel basically feels extra bad considering how much I like hyped up this boy originally. But I mean, I want to say Palomides, but it's not because that's the other the other one. Yeah. Um, but it's something like that. Like he's like a 
Paladin or something. What is the name? I think you're in the right ballpark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know. Cause, go ahead. You're first. No. (laughs) Hit me. Um, Because I'm trying to remember what it is, too. You're right. It is like something Paladin in the name, but it's not... um... Y'all are way better at this than I am, because there's no shot I even knew that part. (laughs) I feel like it's like Dark Knight Pal something, but I don't remember the... The Paladium, I mean, I think it's like, yeah, Paladium, or yeah, I, I don't know. Pa- Dark Knight Paladium is, is what I'm going with. I'm pretty sure there's another four name one that I'm forgetting. Yeah, something. this is definitely a four name one. I just can't think of, uh, I mean, I, I, I think you, you have most of it. All right, so I just, you, I think you guys are really good at this. Um, all right, so yeah. you're going with Dark Knight Paladium, yeah, that's that's as right, well, good as that, I can get. Yeah, I mean, I guess. That would be about my guess as well. I mean, I don't know the full name. Yeah. All right. All right. You guys are actually pretty good. You guys are more tuned in than I. I there's no shot. I guess any of this. Uh, this card's name is Imperial Knight Imperial. God of Valo Paladin. Okay, so he's a five worder. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I thought he was four. I forgot there was God in there. <laughs> yeah. He's not a knight. Okay, I he's a shadow as well. But yeah, yeah that's uh, Imperial uh, Knight. He's a, he's a knight god. I forgot there was even God in there, and I'm the one who picked the knight card. God, yeah, knight God, Paladin, <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. Oh. I don't know, dude. I the I I decided that like I I was straying away from like meta relevant cards for a minute i'm like wait I, there's no shot to even know the meta relevant cards why am i straying away from it it doesn't matter <laughs> well you know i i was gonna say to like maybe pick something that we've played with or that i've played with but then i'm like well actually i don't call anything by its yeah. actual name oh, <laughs> that, yeah, so I, that wouldn't help yeah so i think next week i'm actually going to start bringing in like actual more relevant cards and just trying to see how close i can get to like the cards literally everyone is playing before we're just like oh that's absolute ice shield (laughs) like if if you brought in like rex i still wouldn't even i wouldn't even know his full name i don't think it's like i i I forgot there was a tyranno in there like (laughs) yeah i'll say like like Jurassic King, Jugano, Rex, but like I don't know if that's even right. But I think you missed a word. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so uh, to bring us and close the loop uh, and bring us back on topic, we we're talking about promos, and John had so eloquently brought up that we did get some sick, sick promos uh, revealed an hour ago, like he was saying. Uh, and these are we don't know what these are. Uh, we're not entirely sure. Uh, but they look absolutely fantastic, and we don't know if it's all of them, but so far the picks are phenomenal. Um, yeah, like the sh- shadow foiling with the gold is just like that's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, the good old Ubers from Force of Will coming back that I never thought I would see again in my lifetime, but here we are. <laughs> like, these are some of like kudos to the BSS team, these aren't only like the best BSS cards we've seen in a while, these are some of the best cards yeah. I've seen in a while. Yeah, reanimate is kind of a weird choice, I think. Yeah, but maybe they the, just thought the art's awesome, but yeah, yeah the, the art's sick. I think with reanimate, it was just, might be one of those things where like they were mid year and they didn't have enough metadata to be able to make the call or not. The card saw like a couple of play in a couple of decks early on from like Zach and Matos and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. but for most of the picture, I mean, Dream Bomb, like come on, dude. Yeah, Dream yeah. Bomb is insane. Dream Bomb is my <laughs> favorite hell. one. It's crazy. <laughs> Dude, anytime they that's Scotty, right? Like any yeah, anytime they is. throw Scotty on our dude and just like, oh, this works. This is so clean. And then Jagana Rex, I think, is the Yep, and the last one. Fourth one? We, yeah. we, we don't know we if it's have a, so far. Yep. 
Yeah, there you go. What's his name? Jurassic King. Okay, yeah. So, so okay, it's only right. it's only yeah, it's only Jurassic Wait. King Gigano Rex. I, I love like his art style is also extremely different than all the mm-hmm. other three too. Like how they inked out his character, which looks yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I'm actually pretty jazzed about getting these. Um, but like it now now yeah. it's just like now we just need news. Like thanks for the spoiler, but like how do we get these? Like is it the yeah? Part I mean, I, we, no, we no might shit. get them. There's so, no, yeah. no shot. This is the participation pack, right? Well, so here's the thing, right? If it you look be. on the website, yeah. it says that the actual prize card is going to be Nova, which makes a lot of sense. It follows what Bondi does for all their other games. So I have to believe these are somehow the participation prizes, which is insane. Yeah. Well, kind of like the Pro Tour packs, right? So this yep. might just be the uh, like the world's maybe, packs, maybe, but these look so good. <laughs> hey, hey, we deserve a win. We'll take it, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to go big for Worlds, right? I mean... That's true. You have to celebrate your players some somehow. I'm trying to look up... Uh, I guess it really doesn't matter, but I was going to look at the Worlds page and see... Yeah, it's actually what I was doing right now. Yeah. yeah just to <laughs> see what's on there as far as the prize packs go. Uh, participation, you get... Yeah, there we go. I do like that we get a participation playback, too. That's cool. And then we get two World Championship two of the promo packs. card packs. We And early check-in, you get a third one, which I'm very happy that they changed that from the store champ yeah. packs they were originally going to do. <laughs> yeah, same. So, uh, so I think then, and then you get... Uh, so there's no... Like full, oh yeah, okay, promo cards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. top, uh, so 16, top yeah, eight, yeah. top sixteen. Okay, yeah, so the, not not top thirty-two or sixty-four for this one. No, no, just, you you do need to break top sixteen to be able to get the full yeah, set. Yeah. And then Bandai, top, this is not top the first thirty-two. Summer you get yeah. six pack. Okay, so so Bandai, let me just go. Like I understand that this is a third world problem, and not even really a problem because the winner of this event just won fifty thousand dollars, minus seven percent, whatever the math on that ends up being. Um. So realistically here, optically speaking, producing these cards costs you what? Pennies? Cents? Who knows, right? Almost nothing. There is no reason that my world champion should turn around right after winning his tournament. And if he wants a playset of your promo cards from this event, he needs to go buy one from another one of the participants. I understand he has the money to do it. That's not the issue. There's no reason my world champion needs to do that. Just give him a playset of the cards. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And then like second place, third place gets three, fourth place. So top four get three of those. And it's, it's just like... No, then, top top eight gets top three eight, of them. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, come on, man. Yeah, I, come I think on. I think it should just be like one, two, and then the rest like four or whatever. I don't know, but either way, very small nitpick, very nonsensical, but just like, hey, like this is optically, this is just weird, dude. Like, just give him the playset. Your game works in playsets. Um, but like tons of things right like what is it all this stuff going to look like right i guess we got what the the participation cards are going to be which is cool but what's the trophy what's what is this exhibition match how you know like that's a big one to me what what is this like clearly we're going to be sending our best man to go show japan how we play card games right like that's that that, i i'm in for this but what is it what dude it's just it's so much news and i'm just very curious as to how much we're going to get up like front loaded and how much are we going to find out when we're there because inarguably it's bandai fest the first ever non-asia bandai fest 
It's huge. They're marking up to be a huge event. They're tying in with all these national events. Da 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 da. There has to be announcements, right? Like, like there's no shot that you unionize all these players into one arena like this, and there's not going to be some kind of announcement. So uh, you know, uh, across all the games. So I'm excited to see kind of like what's that building up to, and like Cos was saying earlier, it should make for a very interesting December. And hopefully, you know, we get all of that before Christmas, but you know, January leading up into it. So I'm cracking up because I don't know if you did that on purpose. You probably did. But when you said unionize the arena, I'm just like, oh. yeah, I was going to let it go. I was letting it go. No, no, I'm not going to let that one slide. That was too good. But the, the other part I was going to add on as we quickly skip over that, um, the thing that I was going to add on too is, um, you know, LA is going to be a big stop, but then it all goes back to Japan, which is the tour final that I think will have a lot of announcements as well, mm-hmm. which I think is March, right? If I had the it's in March, March, yeah, March yeah. Right? yeah, it's in March. Um, so it's curious to like how much, how long will we have to wait between January again, our Nats and Worlds for uh, the games across the board, versus how much is going to be in uh, March? Because of course, then they'll have Fusion World, which will launch in Japan. Probably not any other new Japan focused games. Um, I'm sure they have like a new ar- arcade card game coming out, whatever doesn't count. Um, they have like five of those right now. Who cares? Uh, but like a new train card game would be a big announcement. So we will uh, we'll have to wait and see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I I think that Bandai Fest in March in Japan, that's the one where Worlds is for like One Piece. and other Yeah, games, right? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's that's that's the big one. It's the all these yeah. Bandai Fests are leading in like we we think our Bandai Fest is the big one because it's the only one that's not in Asia. But like the Japan, Tokyo, I think it's in Tokyo. Um, so, yeah. Bandai Fest is like the big one. Like that is the yeah. hyper focus one where they're wrapping up because yeah, uh, the only Worlds that is happening in January is Dragon Ball. And that's because it's tied to Battle Hour. And that's like Bandai yep. Namco money that pays for all of that. When it's just like just Bandai, um, all their card game Worlds and stuff are happening in March. So that's what yeah. it's all leading up to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Either way, very exciting stuff. Lots of things coming down the pipeline. I think it's going to be a very exciting December. Uh, already in general, we're seeing a lot of news. Um, you know, if you just love the TGG space, like we got the whole what roadmap from Star Wars, if my understanding is correct, right? Like there's just like all these yep. companies doubling down and I'm excited to see kind of Bandai bring that together, wrap that up and kind of get us excited for things that are leading into uh, 2024. So it should make it definitely pay attention, guys. Uh, jump around to the different community discords, be a part of it all. Uh, again, you guys will be able to see myself and cause throughout the next couple of weeks uh, attending the uh, Atlanta uh, and Portland Grand Open and Pro Tour, respectively, but of course, keep your eyes out for our good Sir John here as he's going to be breaking through into the casting scene for Atlantis. So that'll be happening this weekend. Uh, you guys definitely don't want to miss it. With that yeah. said, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I was just going to throw out and like an idea to the community and to our you know listeners and watchers is that maybe one time here in the near future with all these new games coming out down the road, we can do like one off-topic podcast and cover or like at least provide thoughts for these other games coming out if anyone is even interested in hearing that because cause you know he's involved in a lot of those games and communities i am as well you know i know that you pay attention so mm-hmm. it might be something cool to do yeah i uh i personally am super down for an offshoot episode so let us know let us know in the comments guys in the in the yep. discords and community stuff if you guys want to hear us uh, talking because like we love the tcg space like Yep. As, as much as like we enjoy Battle Spirits, we just love trading card games and we all have played lots of different trading card games. So I think we have a lot of opinions in regards to what 2024 is going to look like for the entire ecosystem. 
Um, yep. So I, I would love to have that kind of episode. So let us know, guys, uh, down below if you guys want to be a part of that. Okay. So with that said, guys, that was the Church of Penten podcast. Once again, I'm Spear, your head of service, joined by my phenomenal apostles. Uh, and until next episode, may the cores be our saviors. <laughs>